Welcome to an extraordinary world filled with magic and wonder. Open your mind and let yourself go to a place where every day is Halloween and every night Jack Skellington I am the Pumpkin King! dreams of something different. What is this? It's someplace new. Jack, look out! What's this? What's this? There's color everywhere. What's this? There's white things in the air. What's this? I can't believe my eyes. I must be dreaming. Wake up, Jack. This isn't fair. What is this? Haven't you heard of peace on Earth and goodwill toward men? <laughs> Touchstone Pictures presents the enchanting story of two very special dreamers and the holiday spirit that brought them together. From the imagination of Tim Burton comes The Nightmare Before Christmas. And what did Santa bring you, honey? Welcome, folks, to Heroes Asylum Midnight Movie Reviews. This is not the Watch Along Show, hosted by Kane, who is also here with me right now. Hello. Hello. And Hello. so, yeah, so guys, we're going to do reviews now. Uh, not now, but starting. And uh, we thought we'd start, since we're in the middle of this strange holiday time, it's not, it's no longer Halloween, it's not quite Thanksgiving yet, and it's not quite Christmas and what better movie to, I think, to fill up this time with than Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas. Sorry about that. It's okay. Uh, one of my, I think one, probably one of my favorite movies from him. Yes, I've got, I've, I'm a huge Tim Burton fan. I do enjoy Ed Wood, Batman, uh, Edward Scissorhands. But this one was just a, a bit different. This was, you know, the first introduction to his stop motion stuff you know if you you know after this i think he uh, ended up i think was frank and weenie next frank, uh, frank and weenie was the next one yeah was it okay and then of course after that we had um that's the other one i haven't really watched corpse bride i think i watched it once or twice like i saw it once it yeah. was on it was passing but i've never seen the whole thing now and and, and it's really interesting there is a, a, a fan theory that goes around right now that talks about that those are all three linked when you really I heard look about at that. these, yeah. if you look at the story of Frankenweenie and, and how you know his dog, very similar looking to Zero, uh, you know, and then of course you know that Zero or that the dog dies in Frankenweenie, and, and then you see the Corpse Bride and his love, who looks very similar to the love interest he has the in this love movie. Interest. Yeah, so I mean, there's there's a a fan theory, and I don't think Tim Burton's ever said yes or no, but. Again, a lot of the stylings are still the same. So I think that's one of the connections a lot of people talk about is like, that's why it is kind of the same. They feel it's the same story because of how it looks. But yeah, when you look at Beetlejuice, it looks the same too. So Yeah. So his films all have a style. That's the thing. Every single one of them, they, I don't want to say they're all the same, but they have their own unique spin to them. Um, going back to PB's Playhouse, PB's Playhouse. Pee-wee's Big Adventure. I don't think he did Pee-wee's Playhouse. No, did he? Pee- yeah, no, I don't think he did television. Thing? Now, I don't um, think he did the sequel neither. 
for Pee Wee. Was but, it Big Top? Big Big Top Adventure? Did he do that one or no? Uh, don't think he did Big Top. Okay, sure now. But well, this was. What I'm trying- no, I was going to say on this one, he basically all he did on this one, it is Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas, but really all he was on this one, producer, story by, and he did, and it was based off of characters, which if nobody realizes, this is actually based off of a poem that he wrote actually back when he was doing um, doing animation at Disney. Back, uh, I think, uh, during the Fox and the Hound days was one of the animated ones I know he did, he was part of in, at Disney. So this is just a poem, a Christmas poem he wrote. And then it just sort of took off. Uh, I do know there he he was he wanted to make it to where it would be like the Charlie Brown Christmas and the and the you know the um, the uh, the Frosty the Snowman and the you know Rudolph that we all have you know grown up and loved. He wanted to make it that to where it would be a reoccurring show on you know it would show up on networks and uh, but that uh, got changed. Little, yeah, kind of got, got poo pooed. Uh, I mean. It's a great idea if, if it happened, but it didn't because, you know, there's there's still some adult kind of themes in there. And I don't think you could throw it in there for like a holiday special for like kids to watch. I mean, yeah, it's, it's it is one of those strange ones. It's, um, it's, it's, it's a hybrid one. Depends on, I guess, how you, how you raise your kid, you know, if they could watch it or not. Maybe they could. I mean, depending on the household. But, you know, if it was my kid. I would say yes, do it. But, you know. Then yeah, that was me. Yep. Well, some parents are a little bit more freeing and, and open to that. Uh, but this was directed by uh, Henry Selick. Uh, Henry, if nobody's familiar with Henry, um, he's done the James and the Giant Peach, Car- Caroline, uh, and uh, Wendell and Wild, which is an up and coming stop motion with Jordan Peele and uh, Michael Key. So he will be uh, on that one next year. Uh, but he has been around for quite a while. And uh, it was something that um, that Burton wanted to bring him in to do. He did work on Disney uh, with Peach Dragon, small one. Uh, he was, I think, he met uh, Burton during a Fox and the Hound because he was part of the uh, animation team there as well. I believe so. Yeah. Then did, did he get did he get fired from Disney? Uh, who Burton or yeah Burton? Because I think didn't he bring this idea to to Disney and they were like no. No, no because this is there was something else. This was made by Disney. Oh, I'm sorry. Everybody uh, forgets well, that this is a, I, this is a Disney I keep, product. I, I, you know what? I, t- I totally <laughs> forgot. I totally forgot. Every, yeah, a lot of people forget this that this was a Disney product. This was done by Disney. Uh, there were certain things that you know they wanted to get done. Uh, you, you guys go onto your Disney Plus app, and uh, it'll it, it is there. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, he he is still even though he Disney World does not usually let go of their talent. They still keep a little little eye on them always to, to just in case they need to bring him back uh but he did he did consider you know doing like you said i think it was the 30 the uh, 30 minute little clip that he wanted to do originally or you know and that was went to disney and i just he couldn't find it uh he the film ended up going through uh touchstones is where it was released that's why most people don't maybe that's what it. i'm thinking yeah. of yeah that's why i don't think yeah it, disney again disney had it and they initially reached it released it through the touchstone pictures so that they you don't see the name because it's you know, it is a Disney property, and you know they don't for some reason they don't want to, they don't want to, they want to have this attached to their name, but they're okay with like a black cauldron, or or, or a black hole if nobody remembers that. Some very dark stuff in the late seventies, early eighties for Disney. So <laughs> I'm always I always laugh when everybody's like, oh, it's Disney. They should be doing you know kitty stuff. And I'm like, you really look, should look into their the, into their catalog a little bit deeper. Yeah, you should look at. <laughs> 
You should look at before the stuff they did, like before the fifties. There's some stuff there that. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. That's all I'll say. Yeah, definitely. Go, so, go on a deep hole and check it out. I think it's. I think some of it's still on YouTube. Well, I think I think a lot of that stuff was like early on when them them doing testing. But once I think Walt actually became, you know, wanted to get everything geared more towards children, that's when all that happened. But uh, so just a quick before we get started on on the rundown of the movie and where you know our memories of it and stuff. Where did you first see this at? I saw it in the theater. Did you? Where, yeah. Where at? Uh, I think I was in New Jersey when we saw this. This was what, 93 came out? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, 93, you were, yeah. You were here yet? I thought you were down. down no, no, down. no. I, I, didn't, I didn't come down here till 95. Okay, okay. So it was like the, my last year in Jersey I saw this movie. And um, I saw it with my, um, with my brother. We were interested about it because we saw Tim Burton's name. You know, Tim Burton did Batman. So, oh, he's doing this. Well, let's watch this stuff. And at first I was like, stop motion this is going to be stupid but it really wasn't somehow he took stop motion and you made. you know how the, the biggest thing we have when we see a movie is like make me care it kind of goes for wrestling too. make me care about the characters you cared man you cared about jack you cared about freaking santa claus what he was going through um god poor santa in that movie um the zero as you said before um sally i mean Sa- sally sally was the one yeah sally was the one sally was no pun intended was pulling you know, string hearts you know? oh like literally <laughs> figuratively um but yeah but for, it was, for me i think that this one was my second movie when i moved out to la because i was this this was by the time i think i'd moved out to los angeles mm-hmm. so this was one of the first like memories i had you know of being out in la and having a moving movie experience in this and I remember the soundtrack coming out and going to a club, um, a, a goth industrial club out in the out in the fucking industrial area in, in Hollywood. And it was a two story club. And you know, the first story had a that had a bar area, a dance floor. And then the second story kind of wrapped around the dance floor. Uh, very, if you remember the edge, uh, how it was above kind of very similar to that style, but not not as big. Uh, and I remember them playing movies on this on the wall when songs were playing. It wasn't always to do with the music. It was just something to play. And I looked up and I saw, oh, it's you know, Jack from Jack's, you know, from from Nightmare Before Christmas. And then the DJ started playing. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. This and is- I look over the edge and I see three circles of people dancing and singing with it, almost to the point where it was cover almost covering up the sound system at, the, at this club. And that was just blew me away. And that's, you know, one of those moments where you're like, okay, this movie is going to transcend more than just this time frame. It's, it's going to continue. It's it made a impact into, yes, it was the goth kids, but it made an impact into their life to where I think this is going to continue. And then of course the music was great. So. so yeah. The music is awesome. I mean, they had, we had that song and had, what was the Oopy? What was it? The uh, Oogie Boogie Boogie Woogie song? Oh, yeah. For, for, for uh, Oogie Boogie. Yep. The Oogie Boogie that. song. The Oogie Boogie song. I like that one. And uh, yeah, but uh, for a while, I didn't even know who sang this is Halloween. And I was shocked who I found out was because I, I couldn't really hear him. And then when I found out who it was, I was like, this makes sense. Yep. <laughs> Because it was a, it was on a Manson's Greatest Hits. Because I, 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 for the longest time, this is no lie, I never realized who sang that song. Never. I was like, that's not Marilyn Manson, is it? No. And then I found out later. No, it was, it was Danny Elfman. You sure it didn't? Danny Elfman did... wrote the music, and he was the singing voice for Jack. Uh, Prince Humperdinck from A Princess Bride was the voice of Jack. Chris uh, uh, Sarandon, Jr., 
Yeah, yeah, but no, that so is Man- that. so Manson covered this song. Yeah, Manson did cover it. I oh, don't know what he covered it, what album he covered off of, but yeah, no, this was originally Danny Elfman's doing the singing voice for it. When you really listen to it again, uh, go back and listen, and you'll hear that you'll hear Oingo Boingo right right in there. Don't run away, <laughs> don't leave me. But yeah, no, definitely, yeah, that that was a uh, because he they couldn't find anybody quite to to hit that point, and Danny's like, I I know what has to be done, and I know I can do it. And still, it's, wait, uh, yeah. still wait for that Oingo Boingo reunion tour. So. Maybe one day. Hopefully. So uh, so basically, guys, <laughs> the movie starts off with Halloween Town. It's a fantasy world filled with various monsters, supernatural beings associated with the holiday. Uh, Jack Skeleton is the respected or is respected by the citizens as the Pumpkin King. Long live the Pumpkin King. Uh, and this leads to uh, an organizing of the annual Halloween celebration. Of course, the song we were just talking about, This is Halloween, this is, is placed Halloween. there. Uh, however, pr- privately, Jack just kind of not digging Halloween anymore. Uh, I know it breaks, over, all of our, br- breaks all of our dark side hearts that, oh, uh, Lord. <laughs> that he is no that longer. Was we- that was one of the stranger things to begin that movie. You're thinking you're going to get into like, this deep, crazy, whacked-out movie. This is just about a dude. He's like, no, I'm kind of over his I'm over it. I'm done. I'm like, what? <laughs> I can I can I can deal with it because uh, there are holidays that I'm over. You know, I used to be again. I, I'm probably one of those ones. You know, I, I we all joke about it. You know, we see the memes on Facebook and Twitter. You know, hey, settle down, tinsel tits. It's still November. I used to be all about hol- you know uh, Christmas, and it yes, it's kind of drifted away from me. And uh, but it's, same thing with me. Same thing with me. I'm more about like Halloween's probably like my favorite holiday now. Uh, you know, maybe St. Patty's Day is the second one. I don't know. Well, it's, like it's St. St. Patty's Day and Cinco de Mayo used to be like, like right up there. But it's all know. the drinking ones. So why not? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> used to be. Not now. I can't do that. Shit. Uh, so then you know we see Jack talking about you know uh, talking to Zero as they walk around um, around the the cemetery. He he sings probably one of the, I think one of the beautiful songs on this is Jack's Lament. Uh, mm. Again, Danny Elfman, you know, killing it on that, and it's how his how he's drifted away from Halloween and, and what it means to him. Uh, then um, as he's wandering through the forest, not realizing he's gone over a day, uh, you know, that he's he's uh, he's missing from Halloween Town. Uh, so, you know, the the judge or judge, sorry, the mayor of Halloween Town, uh, who I I loved uh, was um, who, who did that? Uh, Glenn Shaddix. Glenn Shaddix, yeah, I believe. He, uh, yeah, he, I think he did a great job. Uh, if nobody knows Glenn, he's, he's Cheers, Roseanne, Seinfeld, the Golden Girl. He's been around for a while. Uh, he was actually part of the uh, Planet of the Apes remix, 2001 remake uh, with uh, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Come on, swing it. Sorry. It's okay. Uh, so he is, as he's wandering around, he comes to this little area where you have trees marked with the different holidays. Uh, and if um, the uh, – th- today, I think the best way I could describe it would be almost like the, the markings of uh, – did you see the movie uh, Rise of the Guardians? Yes, I it, love kind that. Kind of how you know, each, oh, each, each holiday yeah. had like a superhero esque. And I almost like when I rewatched this movie, that's right, right where my head went. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. They have that. Now, the only thing I thought it was kind of strange is there was no, there was no Halloween, there's no Halloween one. It was kind of weird that all the, you'd think he was in like a center, center realm or something. But so he uh, ventures off and jumps into the Christmas town. Now, Tech, technically wise or like te- technology wise, I was w- watching the uh, how to or the the making of, and they were saying that the hardest part of 
this this movie to make because it was all stop motion and everything was the scene when you see Jack reach his hand over to the doorknob. Really? You're getting, you're getting the reflection because you're needing to do a stop motion. Oh, yeah. A, to get mm. the match, the, the reflection, and then the shadow. They were they were talking how how difficult that was uh, to do. Um, I could I could imagine that could be a little bit difficult, especially doing this. That's the stop motion is so. I mean, it's in its name itself. It's stop motion. It's mm -hmm. very it's very meticulous. If and you guys you don't really, know, yeah. If you watch it, you'll see sometimes like the the limbs will move quicker than a, it naturally would, and that's and that's what was super fine with that. Well, a lot of the um, I believe. In the late, early late seventies, they did a lot of stop motions. Like you, you see that in Clash of the, the Clash of Champions. <laughs> I've been watching too much wrestling. Clash of the Titans. They did a lot of stop motion. Sinbad movies. They did a lot yeah. of stop motion too. So if it's if it's done badly, it can look very wonky. Yeah. It watch those movies and it that that's bad. Points, then, yeah. <laughs> that's bad. But this one, it's flawless, man. Yeah. It's it's really and you could tell they put some money behind this stuff because. You know, considering it came on 93, it is kind of a dead art if you think about it. And basically, he's bringing this back and he's putting on the big screen for the first time ever, any stop motion. And, you know, that scene alone, I, I'm just thinking about it right now with the uh, the doorknob. Yeah, that, that, that I can only imagine that it took at least maybe 10, maybe a whole day, maybe a whole day doing that scene. Yeah, because I mean, some of the probably the more famous like stop motion ones you might think of, uh, like uh, the little drummer boy, Santa Claus is coming to town. Uh, from like the nineteen like sixties seventies, but those those were shorts. That's the yeah, thing. Yeah, those were the shorts. Yeah, yeah. And there you had some. I think was Wallace and Gromit. I believe that was a stop motion in the eighties uh, nineties. Yeah, but again, I don't think it was a, maybe ten minutes. But there were shows. It was a, they were actual animated shows. You sure? Yeah, um, I have to remember that. Uh, but yeah, no. The um, even even the South Park is considered stop motion in in its you know way. When you yeah, really, for the way, yeah, yeah. You know, when you really look at it, but it's, uh, but uh, yeah, Trey Parker and Matt Stone were actually the ones that kind of re revitalizing that, uh, the spirit of Christmas. If nobody's ever seen the spirit of Christmas, it's the short that spawned, South uh, Park. spawned South Park. Great, it's out there. I think, I hopefully, it's still out on YouTube. I, it's, it, it was last I checked. And, it, and it's great that to hear that they're still doing this. They're, they still are truly doing the stop motion. Cause again, like he has a, a new one coming out in Key and Pell. Um, next year uh for uh you know for this director doing another one uh, and also probably one of my favorite uh, uh cartoon network shows uh robot chicken I mean, oh that, god uh, yeah jesus they they took an idea that i had <laughs> and made a tv show because i've always i always talked to my brother about that um when we used to collect like that action figures back in the day like would it be fun to put them all these different weird scenarios and then like lo and behold like you know almost a decade and a half later i'm watching robot chicken i'm like is that the G.I. Joe figure that I had when I was a kid? Like it, literally it's yeah. the same ones. They just use that. Well, there were kids just like you in the same age. You just they just did it. You you, you sat on your butt and didn't. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. That's true. Uh so we get to go to Christmas Town where uh Jack is in awe by the unfamiliar holiday. Uh, Jack returns to Halloween Town and tries to get the residents to 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 try something different to go there. And he they talk about the uh safety. Claus, not Santa Claus. He calls him Satie Claus, uh, and and it kind of it's a kind of an interesting thing how this concept came. Yes, it was a a originally a um, a poem that Tim Burton did, but how he came up with the idea of this poem was he was in a store and they were tearing down the Halloween decorations and putting up the Christmas decorations at the same time, and he walked by when it's like half of it's snow town and the other half is like tombstones. 
and he said it just caught something in his eye that, that there was like this weird transition happening at the time, you know, during this time of year. Mm-hmm. And it just what caught his eye. He's like, yeah, okay, there's something to this. So I thought that was uh, I thought that was a kind of cool idea. So uh, Jack uh, sequesters himself into a, into the tower to study Christmas and to find a way to. Uh, to <laughs> I'm sorry, it. I don't mean a lot. I just I just like the way you, you just study Christmas. Like, well, he stu- it, it, I, him him throwing in what was it? I think he threw in the 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 ball christmas ornament and crumbled it up and yeah yeah he, he was like green. trying to figure out how it works I, th- I think he got like did he get like a gingerbread man or something and he was like trying to figure out how that was going i think he i don't know I think he, he kept dumping something. everything into th- he kept dumping like snowflakes into 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 boiling water yeah i think just, that's what it was. he had like a big pot he was just throwing it like he was just like just throwing it in there like a star like what the hell is this shit i'm gonna throw it in there and, and it, it always kind of made me laugh because it, it it was almost like the the same thing that was happening with like the grinch when he's trying to figure out what is this thing what and it is one of the one of those moments that you know everybody that's like well what is the thing that gives us that spark you know what is it that drives those people that are putting up their christmas lights right now to do that what there's something internally in them that is nice it's warm we remember it we will always we, you know, we always will, will remember mm-hmm. in our youth but it's just not there anymore and it it's one of those ways i think for cat recapturing that i thought was kind of cool by the way, that's a good metaphor uh, as far as comparison goes when you're comparing this movie to the uh, the Grinch Who Stole Christmas. Because if you think about themes and the way it ends, very similar. Yes, yeah. very yep. similar, yep. very similar. So I think don't think that Burton didn't take any cues from that. Oh yeah, no, I'm definitely there's yeah. a lot of cues from that, especially <laughs> the ending. So when you, when we get there, yes, definitely when we yeah when we end up there. Now, uh, now, as the story's going along, we're seeing a second a side story going on with another character, Sally. Uh, and Sally is – she's a ragdoll basically, a ragdoll woman. Uh, she, she was secretly – or she was made by the professor. Uh, is that professor? Is that just professor? Let me see. Mm-mm. Doctor. Sorry. Doctor, Dr. Finkelstein was his name. And uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and he was uh, he was on and uh, she was made primarily. Most people don't realize that she was she was stuffed with leaves, not stuffing, because if you remember when uh, the scene where she jumps out of the tower and she falls mm-hmm. and she falls apart, she has to sew herself back together. It's leaves that she's by the she, way, just to stay on that note, the scene where she's actually showing herself back together. Yeah. Again, you talk about the knob scene where he's trying to open the door. The scene where she's actually put, like, actually stitching herself together. Again, incredible stop motion. Just like very meticulous, putting the leads back inside. You know, just want to point that out there for anybody if you haven't seen it. Like, just watch it for like little meticulous scenes like that. Because when I watch the movie, I always search for like, you know, small things. And those are one of the things that I search for, especially this movie. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I- uh, especially, uh, yeah. If you guys get a chance, definitely watch the the behind the scenes on this. Because oh it's my god, some of, some of the best best stuff that they are, that they're doing, and it's it's in a world that they're still inter- They're about to ready to change to be more digital at this time. You know, we're we're right at the same time. I think a year or this year, I think uh, Jurassic Park was released, or a year before. Was Jurassic Park ninety four ninety three? No, I thought no, because I I was I think I had mo- already moved out to L A around this mm. time, and I know Jurassic Park I saw here in my hometown. So okay, so I, I I'll have to go back. What year did What year did Toy Story come out? Dude, I don't I don't know that one. Sorry, okay. I'm, I'm just trying to think like what a transition <laughs> was. I'm, I'm, I don't know. But I mean, this is a time because we've already seen T two come out, so that, you know, there's always already that that technology there, and it, and it's it is interesting to try to take a step back and. But I think that was the point of him taking a step back is to show 
because we all have that warm, fuzzy spot for those shows, especially in our generation. And maybe not so much now, but in our generation, you know, it is tradition to watch Frosty. It is a tradition to watch Rudolph. It is a tradition to watch Charlie Brown, you know. Not just you know the, the you know the Christmas special, but it, you know the Great Pumpkin and it's Thanksgiving Charlie Brown. Those three alone, those are mainstays in my house yeah. forever. It still are. I I have you know I have it's a you know it's a Great Pumpkin and and I do have the Christmas one. You know, but to me it's not the same. I mean, you owning it, yes, and physical copy is great. And but and some of them you can watch on YouTube. But to me, it's always like that time slot. It's always like a thing. Yeah. For, it's that's just me. No, and again, I, mean, I think I, we I think we had a friend who was talking about the. Uh, it's a great pumpkin, Charlie Brown, and she found out they're not going to show it on TV this year. Uh, that one, I think pretty much everything's getting moved over to Apple. And yes, you can watch. You can watch it, but it's not, I don't know what the word to use is. It's not a stop a time destination yeah, show yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah okay. it's no longer that. It's not no longer, hey, we're going to watch it the second Tuesday. Yeah, it's going to come out here. I mean, you don't DVR it. It's going to come out this time. And I remember like years after they did, they would do like these little promotions where like watch uh, it's uh, it's a great pumpkin Charlie Brown with no commercial interruptions. I like that. That was like a big thing. Right. When that came out, I think yeah. well, I forgot what year that was, but okay. I mean, it's just a change in the time because we do have DVRs. We do have, you know, you know, order up instant streaming services. So you don't really, you can watch those things whenever you want. So I think and that's just a change. And I, there are certain things that I think are still time oriented and time sensitive to the holidays that, Yes, even this generation is is aware of, and I think Charlie Brown was one of them because there was a huge, you know, kickback from that. That why you know, okay, we understand we understand business and all that, but still throw that out there because that keeps just a tradition around. You know, uh, I think we, I remember one of the big traditions. I think around here was I remember I think it was Thanksgiving Thanksgiving Eve. It was always like Wizard of Oz. Yeah, on television here, and I just you know it's one of those things. Uh, Easter from, was uh, Ten Commandments. Yeah, from for my mom, you know, it was always the uh, uh, "It's a Wonderful Life," which you know I can never sit through ever, ever again. <laughs> I just can't do it. Can't, man. <laughs> ah, man. Just... But you know, there's just certain movies and in, in time. You know, movies. Certain movies have to be played at a certain time. Yes, Christmas themed movies, obviously, duh, Christmas time. But uh, but it's not just that. But at the time, the day. Uh, you know, if they ever stopped doing, uh, you know, um, the marathon of a, of a Christmas story, I, I don't know. I might lose my mind. You know, <laughs> I, I cannot I cannot have any holiday year without the Christmas story being on for 24 hours. I can't because at least one time you will see me watch it for 30 minutes. Okay. Might not be the whole movie, but I'll sit down there. If, if I see Ralphie shoot his eye out again, I'm like, oh, let me sit down for a yeah. little bit. Well, and that's what I loved about it because it was all day. I could yeah. watch 10 minutes here. And in a couple of hours, I got a free time. Like, oh, okay, there. Oh, it's al- it's almost right like you you would you like almost symbiotically you would watch the whole movie, but like in parts. So, yeah, you're piece, yeah, you're piecemealing this. You're, you're yeah, piecing your whole thing together. <laughs> you know, throughout the year and that, or throughout the day, and that's fine. And I think that's maybe why they kind of did it was it was a tradition. Well, let's make sure you can at least watch it at some point. And I, and I again, it's another one. I own that. I own that one. I own um the uh the you know uh, the Griswold Christmas. I own those, but I. I honestly never watch them from my system. I watch them when they're on. It's but I still have them if I ever want to. I can just hop in and just watch it if I want. But I wait for when it's airing or where our you know whatever streaming service is going to offer at that time. And then you know then the weeks leading up, that's you know when I watch it. Yeah, of course. Uh, so as uh, as we were saying, uh, he uh, Sally uh, does have a love for Jack, and she's you know pining over him. Uh, but Jack's just basically dismissing her and just assigns her to something else, you know, to do along with the rest of the town's folks. 
uh, he also tasks three little children, Lock, Shock, and Barrel, who uh, one of them is voiced by Mr. Paul Rubens. And uh, so, you know, if you ever hear a voice that you might recognize, and also Sally, I completely brushed over Sally, I forgot to say that. Uh, Catherine O'Hare, famously known for leaving her son at home alone. <laughs> so, which I think, think is kind of humorous that she's part of this Christmas story. You talked about another Christmas movie. Oh, man. That's, you know. Oh, boy. Even like the, the, the first one is, yeah, we know that's classic. But people crap on that second one. But the second one is, I think, just as good. To me, this is my opinion. I think the second one is when he gets it was at Home Alone Two: Lost in New York. Yeah, I yeah. love that movie. Yep. I mean, there's just so many good things about it. And he, he meets the uh, the homeless woman, teaches him about Christmas. I mean, it's almost almost a mirror image of the first one, but it's kind of flipped. But I and, and that's always a great way to do a sequel is you're you you have familiar rhythms, you have a, a familiar pattern pattern to the movie, and and you just change things up, and that's perfectly fine. That's how. Yes, it's not going to bring the same, a big, just as big of a group to watch it back, but you're going to have your core fans are going to come back, and that's really what you want. Uh, so, like I was saying, we have the trio of mischief, trick or treating children, uh, and they uh, they are sent to abduct Santa Claus and bring him back to Halloween Town. Jack uh, tells Santa he will be bringing Christmas to the world uh, in the place this in his place this year, so that Jack uh, orders the trio to keep Santa safe, but the children instead deliver Santa to. Hoogie boogie. It may hoogie boogie. Hoogie uh, boogie. Basically a gambling boogeyman. So uh, who plots to uh, play a game with Santa's life at stake. Uh, and of course, Sally. Hey, hey, before you keep going on, one of the most terrifying figures in all of Burton movies is the oogie boogie. Oh, yeah. I mean, come on. A gambling boogeyman? Gambling with your life? Dude, That that's frightening to me. Ooh, and the voice, I mean, the voice actor for uh, Ken Page. If uh, oh my uh, god, knows uh, Ken. So uh, Ken was King Gator, and all all good dogs go to heaven. Uh, he was also uh, in a production of Ain't Misbehaving on, uh, I think it was on Broadway. And so yeah, he's definitely a a, a well known actor. His voice acting immense. Um, he's played like the, the Wiz, uh, Guys and Dolls. So like he he's more of a Broadway actor. But sometimes you need that voice, and he has that great voice. Uh, he also, luckily, you know, he re- revisited the uh, the voice of Oogie Boogie on the Kingdom of Hearts or, or Kingdom Hearts uh, series of uh, video games. So, if anybody's a heart fan out there, I I am a uh, one. Two we'll have to fan. we'll have to do we'll have to do uh, a special on those Kingdom Heart games. They hold like a little special place in the... mine too. Mine too. Yeah, just saying. So, uh, so yeah, so Bo- Boogie uh, or Sally's trying to attempt to uh, rescue Santa so he can stop uh, Jack, but Oogie captures her as well. Uh, Jack departs to deliver presents to the world, but the Halloween-styled gifts terrify and <laughs> and attack the populace. And in classic, what we talked about earlier, I think I think it's great the uh, in the classic reversal of the Grinch stole Christmas. Uh, we see. This is when you guys really want to look and watch this movie because that's when you're gonna, you're going to see some great deep cuts going on here. If you if you guys want to look, uh, that you'll see uh, Mickey Mouse and Donald uh, on there. You'll see the kids are wearing uh, um, the 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 pajamas the kids are wearing. You'll also see the sandworm from Beetlejuice on there. You'll also see Jack if you look hard enough as one of the dolls. So just you know, there's a this is a time when they're opening up the presents and seeing everything that you're going to see some of the really cool deep cuts, and uh, 
in Pudos. So while the uh, media sends world via radio about the Santa imposter, the military takes action and shoots down Jack, causing him to crash in a cemetery of all places. While the devastated residents of Halloween Town think he's been killed, Jack has survived. And while he bemoans the uh, disaster that he uh, made of Christmas, he finds he enjoyed the experience. Nonetheless, uh, Jack does return to Halloween Town and finds Oogie's lair. Again, one of the cooler scenes is watching Jack and Oogie you know, go back and forth with each other. Uh, sorry, you, this... That's when you're seeing some great stop motion, I think, when you've seen what they're doing. Sorry, I was a little partial. Yeah. Um, no, I was going to agree with you. Like the, the whole mannerisms, it's like, you know, I'm not sure where your parents came from, like descending wise. I think we talked about it, but I just forgot. You know, Italians, they speak with their hands like this and Spanish people sometimes speak with their hands too. But the overall, you know, when they're talking to each other, just like the way the stop motion is moving, like the, you know, when they're just kind of curling back and forth and that whole dynamic between Oogie Boogie Man and, and Jack is just, it's very special. I mean, just like I said, again, we're going to go back to this whole stop motion thing, how long it takes, the preparation, you know, the, the countless hours these guys are doing just for every single movement. Because basically it's like, you know, this, this, this they're, they're recording everything. And when you have a scene like that, it's just like, wow, wow. I mean, to me, like I said, this is just my opinion. You guys could totally be different from me, could totally be different from Mike. But to me, it's just amazing, especially scenes like that when you have that. You're special. Yes. Yeah, they definitely are. Uh, and you can also see some uh, in in the in some of the other stuff in the in the house. I forgot about this. If you especially for you, a Batman fans, there's also a uh, some of Batman references in the a little bit in there. Yeah, couple. Uh, Danny Elfman is also making a cameo. He uh, he sh- you'll see his face inside of uh, one of the um, inside of the uh, redheaded corpse tucked away. You'll see his his face in there as well. Uh, Burton does not make a cameo. He was supposed to, but it, that did that fell through. Uh, at the time, he was actually in the middle of, I think, finishing up the second Batman and starting Ed Wood production. So that's why yeah. he could yeah, not he be was... as hands on or you know do as much as he'd like on this one. But that was still still worth it. Another thing that Disney wanted to try to do on with this, they they wanted Jack to have eyes, and uh, uh, Tim really. Uh, pushed on that one uh actually tim and and the director both pushed us saying no no he, he cannot have eyes it's just he's a skeleton you just it won't work that's that's a typical disney thing yeah. though and you that's see him t- you see a moment when jack's walking through halloween town where he stops and looks at he's singing and he picks up the the light stream and he puts uh, eyeballs in there and it does kind, yeah. of, <laughs> kind of like oh that's weird but he takes them right off <laughs> But yeah, he does have those moments where he's putting like some of the eyeballs and stuff like that. But if you would have given him eyeballs, I think it just takes away from Jack. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Like it's to me, something. like if like nowadays, like this movie's made like well, 25, 30 years ago. So this is a while. I mean, this movie's been out there in the lexicon. But if you look at every Halloween when you see Jack Skellington, that's an icon. I actually have a shirt that you've seen that I wear, Jack Skellington, that 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 face symbol. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine with eyes? Wouldn't it look strange? Yeah, it would be strange. And yeah, it's just like. Yeah, I think it would look more creeper than a guy without eyes. Exactly. So it's just like, you know, I don't know. Good move to keep him without yeah, eyes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, good fight. Uh, Oki tries to kill Jack, and but Jack defeats him by ripping apart a uh, thread holding his clothes uh, for his clothes form together, calling all of the uh, causing all the bugs that live inside of Oogie to fall into his cauldron. 
Jack apologizes to Santa for his actions while still angry at Jack for ruining Christmas and not listening to Sally's warning that Santa, but Santa assures him that he can fix things and takes his leave. Now, the voice of Santa was actually done by Ed Ivory. I don't have any, unfortunately don't have any information on him, but the original voice for the, uh, for Santa was actually supposed to be Vincent Price. But he was he was Ooh. falling too too ill at the time, uh, I wish. and uh, you oh. know when they were prepping it and everything and to get it going, um, and then uh, Prince uh, uh, Price's wife uh, Carol Brown passed away in 1991. Before that, and he just he just wasn't the same afterwards. So something we would have missed. I mean, what a voice what Santa would have had <laughs> that would have changed the. Can movie you imagine that, Jack? What do you think you're doing, Jack? <laughs> exactly, you're just... ruining Christmas, Jack. <laughs> Do you know what I'm going to do with you, Jack? I'm going to take you back and give you some gingerbreads, Jack. Dude, oh my God. Yeah. Oh, God, rest in peace, Big Bang of Winnie Davinci, but damn, that yeah, would have been. Yeah, that would have been. That would have been different. And also, something I thought was interesting that they left out uh, early on, Nightmare Before Christmas pl- uh, planned to have a uh, rely heavily on uh, a poetic, the poetic inspiration that it was based off of. And they were going to have a, a narrator kind of leading your way through the movie. And that was supposed to be Patrick Stewart to do that, which if anybody has ever heard Patrick Stewart's, especially here during the COVID, he's been doing sonnets on his uh, on his Twitter page. Amazing sonnets to be read and listened to. Oh, my God. Let's listen where he narrates Ted. Yeah, (laughs) that's the best one. And then also, if and if especially since we're talking and we're gearing our way towards Christmas, make sure you guys not the movie, but look up and listen and find him reading the Christmas Carol. Uh, not the movie, The Christmas Carol, but just his audio, amazing sounding. So what I know of what he's done in the past, recent, most recent past, once I read this about him doing the narration of this, I thought, I was like, what a, what a wasted opportunity. I think he would have given it a little, little bit more glossiness to the poetic side, but I think that would have mixed perfectly in with... I think it would have too. It's it's, it's kind of like a different dichotomy. Like you have this weird, strange movie and then you have this, you know, true thespian narrating this entire film. Well, like you film. say, you, like Ted, Ted's perfect. Yeah, It's a perfect, perfect example of you're talking about farting dick jokes throughout the whole thing and getting and high. And then you have Patrick Stewart talking about <laughs> So Patrick Stewart talking to you, getting you through it. I think it's it's amazing. I think. And by the way, Ted took off his pants after this and had himself a nice big uh, bag of crack. Like that's <laughs> when he's doing that. It's just insane. And I think he, I think with uh, with Jack, I think he would have uh, he would have done perfect or with the. the oh yeah, Christmas. yeah. It's uh, and as we come to the end of the movie, uh, Santa replaces all the Hollywood or Hollywood Halloween Hollywood <laughs> style yeah. presents with genuine ones. The town people of Halloween Town celebrate Jack's survival and his return. Santa then visits Halloween Town and brings him a snowfall for the residents to play with, uh, which in uh, in a way fulfills Jack's original dream. As he flies away. Santa shouts out uh, "Happy Halloween" to Jack, and uh, Jack replies "Merry Christmas," which is very fun to see Santa scream "Happy Halloween." That uh, was cool. I, I like that part. That was cool. He was like, he's like "Happy Halloween," and then he's like Jack's merry. That was a cool yeah, little. That part, was man. yeah, little little that, heartwarming that moment. You, little heartwarming moment. Yeah, yeah. hits you hits you hits you in that tiny little feel we have in our heart or you know in our chest. And then, of course, in the end, you know, we we're back in the graveyard, and we see Jack and Sally finally de- declare their love for each other. A nice love story intertwined with this type of movie was perfect it wasn't the overriding factor but it was a driving factor to sally's you know you know reason for doing a lot of what she did was the love for jack 
and uh, and also to get away from the uh, the, the the professor, the Doctor uh, Finkelstein, who uh, had now recently made his very own female version, very creepy, who had the same chin line mm-hmm. and everything. So uh, yeah, that that one was like, okay, that's kind of okay. I, I you I get it. You should make another girl. This one doesn't like you. Move on. Let's let's you know get something new. Uh, but why make her look like you? <laughs> that was a little. Mm. <laughs> I take a step back. Really, man. I mean. Can you make it a little bit different? Add some female features? Like, ooh, it's like kissing your sister or something. Now, if anybody is interested in hearing that Patrick Stewart uh, soundtrack or the narration, that is in the soundtrack. They did use it. They did not place it in the movie. Because, again, like I said, he did go through it and get it get it uh, recorded. So, uh, again, this is, to me, this is one of my, again, favorite, not Halloween, not Christmas, just in that nice area. After I get done, after we get done watching our horror movie, you know, our, our, our uh, you know, horror fest and I've watched, you know, it's a, it's a great, you know, the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. And I've, I've gotten that out of my system. There's no great Thanksgiving movies. And so this one kind of falls in that strange little area that uh, there is, again, a Charlie Brown uh, Thanksgiving. But, you know, that's not as good. Mm, and, and not as good as the Halloween special. It's good. Not great. Yeah. But so this one and, and the Charlie Brown, you know, one does does help me a little bit. But uh, that's uh, th- this one just kind of lets things go along. Uh, now, we have heard uh, we were talking about um, you said Marilyn Manson had done a cop, a version of that. I'm not seeing Manson in the list. I do see a American goth rock band London After Midnight featured a, did a cover of a Sally song. You sure Manson didn't do this is Halloween? Not that I'm seeing. I don't see anything on here. Man, I, it, it, whoever did it sounded just like him then. It's not that hard to. So, so. Every time. <laughs> and if you guys are ever around uh, Disneyland, they do turn the Haunted Mansion uh, into a hol- holiday ride. Yeah, uh, so if you guys are interested in checking that out. But again, like I was saying, this is one of our, oh, I know one of my favorite movies uh, in you know, make sure you guys do check it out. It, it is a bit different if nobody's seen it yet. I'd be very surprised if nobody has. But, I mean, do you know, check it out and see. It's not a long movie neither. I think it's like an hour and change, maybe. I think so. So it goes by pretty quickly. But uh, if you haven't checked yeah, it. 76 minutes. It's not it's long. Not long. It's a quick watch. It's I mean, get the kiddies to watch it if you're not afraid for the kiddies to watch it. It's a good watch. I mean, it's not necessarily a holiday movie like Mike said, but it's just a good movie. It's just good. And it does have its messages in there too uh like like we were comparing it was like the, you know, the grinch who stole, who stole christmas that's one of the big things i i think but it's just a good movie and to me the amazing stop motion they did for this film is just you know on par like i said it's the first ever stop motion film released um so just look at the you know and the behind the scenes thing like mike was saying look at all the hours these guys spent meticulously doing this that's the big thing. The voice actors are great. Yes, you got to have inflection. You know, Patrick's narration, great. Yes, you need that also, uh, special edition. But just look at it. F- just think how long it takes for a character to move like this. I think they said, I'm trying to find it. I thought I had it in here that we, they had the rundown time of like four years to yeah. do this because I think one minute was a week. Yeah, or something along those lines. I, I I had I had read I had seen it before, and I can't find it on my notes right now. But yeah, I think there was something along those lines that they calculated like for every minute of of film was. So I'm saying it's a meticulous yeah. art, man. It takes a long time. Those guys put in a lot of hours. You know, you said it four years. 
for what an hour and 20 minutes that's that's a lot man that is a lot so appreciate it for what it is the other ones are pretty good do frank and weenie and uh the corpse tribe but i think this one you know this is where you know the granddaddy of all as far as like stop motion films to me and then everything else after that yeah is and this-, this one was up for academy award i believe for film animation or not a film animation hold on where was it filmation or uh, uh academy award uh for best visual effects and this was the first for an animated film no no animated film up to that point had been put in for uh, be nominated for that uh and that, and you guys do want need to, uh, if you do want to watch it again like we said uh, disney plus has it on there if you need to watch it there uh and you can find it other places i recently picked it up and um on blu-ray and i gotta tell you watching it on blu-ray blu-ray just like blew my mind i was like oh my god I, they were just, story man they, i mean they, they, it made it brought a few little nuances to it to you know the, the forefront but the overall clarity of it was just it was beautiful and how they did it I, and i thought it was a great a great movie and again like you said make sure you guys check it out uh so i mean here at the asylum i'm gonna give you i'm gonna give you a, you know a, a yay on this one uh one uh one straight jacket up i guess you could say I like that. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a, a one straight jacket. One straight jacket. So you're getting two one straight, straight jackets, jackets here. So make sure you guys do check it out. Uh, again, like I said, it is uh, out Disney Plus, and uh, hopefully you guys will uh, stay tuned for more of the Midnight Movie reviews. And we'll uh, we will also be continuing with our Midnight Movie watch alongs, and uh, hopefully we'll have everything back up and running here shortly. We're uh, going through some uh, house cleaning, so pardon the dust. Sorry. <laughs> All right. So make sure you guys do check us out there, uh, and also our um, check our uh, go to streamerlinks.com forward slash heroes underscore asylum, and there you can at least find all the links to all of our shows there. And uh, King, what else you got? Twitter at the Heroes Asylum underscore podcast, and Instagram at the Heroes Asylum, and check out the Heroes Asylum podcast and Midnight Movies. There's tons of stuff in there in the archives. We don't have it up yet, but do check it out whenever we get it back and running. We'll let you know shortly. And as always, from Mike to me to you. Get to the asylum. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs>